Hoagie's Garage. Hi, bud. You know what? It's all right in here tonight. It's, it's nice in the garage. Shut the heat off. It's actually been don't, pretty nice all week, really, you could say, temperature-wise. Yeah, don't tell my brother, but I turned the heat up, and then I shut it off. We won't tell him. He's so, not here. He'll never yeah. know. Unless he listens to the podcast, which he tells us he does. So. He does, but we'll quiz him. We'll see if he yeah, actually does. See if he says anything to yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, I'm excited about tonight's, bud. It Tonight's fun, you know, and I didn't realize that this guy is like sixth or seventh in all-time wins. Oh, in yeah. The outlaws. Yeah, he, he, was, he was the man for a while there. And then you look at his all-stars, and he's way up there in the all-stars yeah. also. Yeah, he, you know, he won a I, lot of races. You know, I... I'm really impressed. The more I read about Joey Saldana, yep. I just, I was like in awe of how awesome he really was, you know? Well, see, we're going back now, you know, you weren't into racing back when we started, when we were into racing back, you know, right out of high school and stuff. And I was younger than you guys, and yep. I had to go to church. Yep. And, and you missed out on a few things. But yep. I missed we out talking. on coat hangers. Yep. Yep. We won't go into that, but we'll leave that up for <laughs> long hair to remember. Uh, so, But, yeah, when we, you know, come back, my voice is starting to go. Um, we'll hopefully have Joey so down on. on for the rest of the night. There you go. All right, we're at Hoagie's Garage, and we have Joey Saldana on. Joey, give us a little uh, insight on yourself right now and your family, what, you, what you're up to. Well, actually, I just um, I was in the shop today building tanks for uh, the four guys, TSR, um, building oil tanks, um, doing some for Kistler, doing some for Dave Ely, which runs DMI. Um, and doing some for Speedway Engines Development Toyotas. So I got like 20 tanks sitting here. I've been trying to get them done. Um, when I quit racing, I, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. It took me a couple of years, and I, I ended up buying an oil tank company and um, that keeps me pretty busy and yet keeps me involved in racing. And, um, and then a lot of the good guys run my stuff, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Like Donnie Schatz runs my stuff, and won two of the last three yep. races at Charlotte. Yeah, so he we ended had a the year run. on a high note, that's for sure. Yes, yes, he did. He did a great job. And, um, and it, it, I mean, it's an oil tank. It holds oil. It does its job. You know what I mean? It's nothing too crazy, but if it doesn't do its job, then they can't do their job. So it's neat, neat to build something, fabricate something that's on these guys' cars, and at least there's still a little bit of me still out there racing. little side note on the Donnie Schatz thing. One of his crew, newest crew members is – a young fella just from Rock Rapids over here in Iowa, about eight miles from where we're sitting right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, the guys yep. come and go. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know who they have. I know Scuba Steve's from up there around Sioux Falls, and uh, he runs the show there at TSR. And um, I, I don't really know. I'm kind of disconnected but connected. Oh, yeah. I don't even really know who's doing what. I mean, I do know where my oil tanks are and, and who's running them, but... I really don't know the crew guys or what's going on these days. Um, Rico Abreu rents my old racing shop. So Ricky Warner and Rico, I get to see them guys and stay connected a little bit there. And then Hunter Schoenberg rents a shop from me too. So, you know, I got two sprint car guys that I go and I can talk to every now and then and just see what's up. And, 
and uh, just get my little fix, and, yep. and um, that's cool. When, when so, they're when they're home and not on the road, so <laughs> that's true. That's true. Rico's gone a lot, but Hunter's Hunter running the All Stars and being closer, based out of yep. Brownsburg. He he comes back. He's in the shop quite a bit. Sure. So you're talking your shop. If I maybe I'm wrong here, but do you have a lot of stuff in your shop? A lot of stuff hanging up that people come to look at. Well, that's that's my personal shop. Okay. Um, when I when I was racing and and I, I have a great mentor, my father. My dad made me invest in rental properties, commercial rental properties, and um, so we I have properties in Brownsburg, and and those are the shops that like Hunter's in and Rico's in. And, um, but, but my own personal shop, yeah, I, I collect helmets and I think I'm up to like 200 and some helmets <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, other guys, not my helmets. I, I, I always really loved the uniqueness of guys and, you know, coming up with their own designs and who they are personality wise with their helmets. So I always wanted to collect them and, uh, Peter Murphy got me going on that and he has a great collection. So so this is something I started, and then next thing you know, I was at 5, 10, 15, 100, now 200. So it's pretty neat that guys, you know, know that I'm not doing this to put it on eBay. I actually enjoy it, collect them, and, and uh, we have some good ones. I have from Mario Andretti to Tony Stewart to Rico Abreu to Kyle Larson to Steve Kinzer, um, Al Unser. You know, we got, I got a variety, but I do mainly like uh, dirt track guys. That's, 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 that's an awesome. impressive <laughs> list you got there. That's for sure. I this summer I went on a little vacation with the wife and we were down in Boone, Iowa, and we were in a little bar called Toby's Grill or something. And we had to go there because it has the same name I got. And I go back to the restroom and there's a Donnie Schatz helmet sitting on a cabinet back by the bathrooms. This place, whole place, is racing. It's all the walls are covered in. And I kicked myself yet for not asking them what they were going to do with that Donnie Shots helmet. Yeah. It was just, I should have just, you know, you take a hundred bucks for it or whatever. And right. I kicked myself yet now for not doing that because we could have had a really cool helmet maybe sitting in the garage here with us. <laughs> yeah. You bet. Yep. What, tell us a little bit about your family. Well, I mean, um, she, um, Shannon's my wife and, uh, well, we just had our anniversary, I think 26 years. Um, we, you know, we were into racing and I just, we kind of put our family on hold so we could race and we traveled all over Australia, New Zealand, the outlaws. And then, you know, uh, I think 30, 31 is when Reese was born, you know, we waited kind of late and, um, you know, but our, our whole goal at the time was to make it at the outlaw level and be a professional race car driver and, Luckily, I got to do that for 18 years with her support, and that's probably why my kids, or uh, you know, well, Reese is 18, and you know, at Butler University, and Reagan's uh, 11, uh, and sixth grade here in uh, North Salem, Indiana, and you know, I just felt like with Reese, I missed a lot of them growing up, and I didn't want to do that with Reagan, so. I just, I don't know, I, racing can get tough at times, and I just figured, you know, I sacrificed their lives enough for 22 years of being a professional race car driver. Um, just felt like, you know, the, the struggles of finding rides and corporate money and doing it at the outlaw level so tough. I just felt like, well, I, I did what I could in my time, and it was time to do something different. So, uh, when so you were, just... 
Yeah. When you're running with them series, it's it's a hell of a grind. You know, the outlaws, um, you know, they run 90-some races throughout the whole nation. So, I mean, you're on the road yeah. a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's a big sacrifice, but you know it going into it. Oh, yeah. Um, my dad raced for 25 years. He was a professional race car driver, made it to the Indy 500, and, uh, won the Knoxville Nationals. So, I mean, I was raised in that environment. And, uh, yep. and I, you know, for me, I really didn't, I didn't, I didn't know my dad much growing up you know it was my mom taking me to football school baseball wrestling and uh when i could see that happening with my oldest son and i just felt like you know it's just it's not worth it you know i don't blame you a bit so and my two my two sons are far enough apart in age it was it worked out to where to where with my racing you know at 2016 was my last full season on the outlaw tour and I knew then I was in trouble. I mean, I, I think we won six races that year, finished fifth in the points, and I got fired, you know? So it's like, wow, you know? <laughs> had a good year and still got fired. Right. Well, I felt like, you know, I, I felt like the effort was there. I see guys doing a way less yep. and still have rides. So I don't know. I just felt like, man, this this, this grind, is, is it really worth it? You know, I felt like I did really good and, got fired you know so just had to refocus on what i needed growing up you know with my dad racing myself racing i always felt like racing is what i had to do like it was my job like i made it so you just got to figure out to make it work and then it just took me a little bit of time and i figured it out i didn't need to race i i just needed to do something that you know kept my spark in racing but i didn't have to do it and i could be home and the oil tank company just pretty much saved me to where i could do that and be home race with my son and go to the football games with my other son and then here since we moved out in the country i i uh pull a grain trailer for the farmers and just just you know just trying to enjoy the slower lifestyle yeah yeah i mean i enjoy myself i really do i do miss racing i i miss I miss the competitiveness. I miss the outlaws. I, I miss winning, you know, because it's so hard to win. And when you do, it's such an accomplishment. I do miss it, but, you know, I think I got enough things going on that it keeps me occupi- occupied to where I don't really think about it that much. Yeah, get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee with the wife, and the son can have <laughs> breakfast. That's yeah, not, a, that's not works- all bad either. No, it's not bad. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I invested my money to where I have. I didn't have to race. Like I had rental income coming in, and then um, we just, you know, it just worked. I, I, like I said, I was blessed. It, it worked out for me. I was a professional race car driver for you know eighteen years at, at the outlaw level, and two, what three years at the running the all stars. So I'm pretty fortunate because a lot of guys probably have as much ability as i do or more and never get the opportunity to do it so i know how lucky i am and and uh and and it and i I wouldn't have anything today i wouldn't be able to race with my son today if if i wouldn't have done what i did racing because racing is what definitely uh paved the way for me to do what i'm doing now so now when you talk about racing with reese is he driving then yeah we we actually he started late uh obviously because of my racing you know i couldn't race with him i had to pick one or the other and that was my you know that was my job so i raced yep. and and reese you know was doing the regular things kids do football baseball just 
being a kid and then out of the blue he's like you know i'd like to try racing so we got a go-kart then we got a micro and and then he broke his back in his micro pretty bad and that pretty much set him out of racing for a year and then all of a sudden he's like you know i want to i want i want to race so we got him a sprint car and this was his first year running a 410 sprint car this year and um he did good i mean we didn't win any races but that's a big step going from a micro oh, an yeah. open micro to a sprint car plus it's a big step mentally because I've, I've been hurt quite a few times in racing and i know how hard it was for me mentally and and i was a, you know that was my job so i knew i had to figure out how to get through it but with him being a you know just a kid having fun enjoying racing and then you get hurt that bad i'm sure mentally you know you don't have to do this, but yet he wanted to do it. Yep. So, um, but we, we've had some good runs. I think he's had, you know, quite a few top fives and uh, a lot of top tens. He's been right there. It's just, you know, I think in today's world, these kids are starting so young. Oh, you know, he's 10 years behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, it's amazing uh, where they're starting. I mean, you've seen them kids oh, I know. three, four years old. They're in go-karts. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I don't understand it. Uh, I think the kids need to be kids and yep. learn that these cars are dangerous and you can't get hurt. I, I think the biggest thing is people f- believe that you can't get hurt and they are a lot safer, but you can get hurt and you can get hurt really, really bad. And, and I think a lot of times we're seeing it in forms of racing. They just, they feel they're invincible and they just race them that way. And the respect is gone. So, yeah. So it's just hard to watch sometimes, but I also remember racing with my dad and loving the sport and wanting to do it. So I definitely want my kid to have the opportunity. But yeah, he also, you know, is on a on a scholarship to at a, at a really you know prime university in Butler and as a dual engineer um, um, major. So. Cool. He knows what's up. I, he knows what's I didn't important. even get one. So. I only went for a year. <laughs> I didn't get one. Yeah, he's 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 definitely his mom's son because I, I was not that academic kid growing up that could do it. He uh, he just you know I know it's hard on him, but I know it also comes natural for him, and he's doing a great job, and we couldn't be more proud of him. And and that's one reason we have a race car because I feel like you know the opportunity was given to me, and I, I don't want to not be able to give it to him. So. Sure. What he does with it is up to him, but I think his his ambitions and goals are, are is owning cars, not driving cars. And, and where he's going and headed, he could probably do be one of them guys someday. Now, I don't know what kind of engineering degree your son is after, but he ain't told you you're building your tanks wrong or anything yet. He's going to re-engineer them for you, has <laughs> no, he? <laughs> no, actually, he's, he can help me a lot. With, with Butler, they have really high-end software to where he can 3D image my stuff and just make it look really professional yep. and you know most of the stuff that i do it's all handwork and that's another thing we can't find people that want to do this stuff anymore you know no. fire up a lathe fire up a mill you know a beadroll a welder you know guys don't want to do it and that's kind of why it kind of fell into my lap to where the guy that had it was an older gentleman and just wanted to get rid of it because you know it's just couldn't do it anymore. Doing it all himself do it. and yeah right so <laughs> So for me, you know, it was a company doing about 130, 150 tanks a year, and now we're doing 500 tanks a year. So um, it's it's something, you know, I, I could pass it down to my kids, you know, if they wanted to do it. It's, it's definitely a, a cool thing. It's definitely a process people aren't learning anymore and don't yep. want to learn, which is which is a shame. But 
as long as we have racing and these type of cars, there's always going to be need some sort of fabrication to be done. Oh yeah. And, uh, and, and this, this is something that, um, that, like I said, fell in my lap and it's definitely been a, a, a savior for, for me and my family. All right. Hey, Joey, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about your racing days. Sure. Fulkins Brothers Trucking, complete livestock hauling. A load with us is a load off your mind. Since 1979, call Trim at 800-831-8553. That's Fulkins Brothers Trucking. Um, call Trim at 800-831-8553. And thank you, fellas, for being part of our show. All right, we're back at Hoagie's Garage. So, Joey, how did how did you get started, and how did you move up through the ranks? Uh, well, for me, I my dad was racing, and um, I didn't really have anybody to take me racing. But I was I was really good friends with Robbie Stanley's brother Ryan Stanley, which Robbie was a standout in USAC and won the all-star circuit of champions before he moved on to USAC and, and then later lost his life at Winchester. So I, I was, I wasn't necessarily with my dad racing, but I was with a family that raced every weekend and, uh, Steve staff that built cars, Andy staff, um, were in my, the town we lived in. So I had the staffs and the Stanleys and I tried to hang out with them guys as much as I could. And finally when I was about 15, 16. Um, I was at staffs. I drug out a go-kart, brought it home and, showed my dad what I wanted to do. And, uh, so I started running a go-kart a little bit and then he was like, well, if you really want to do this, let's get a sprint car. So I went and worked at Lee Osborne's building. He used to build cars, um, back in the day, but, um, on the outlaw level, on the all-star level, uh, Lee was an extremely good fabricator, race car driver. And, um, so I worked for him for a while, built my first car. And then I worked for Donnie Ray Everett for a while, which who, built engines back in the day and so i built my first engine there with donnie so i built my own car built my own engine obviously with the help of lee and donnie and then i went racing my first year and how um, old were you then joey i would have been 17 okay i was 17 years old so yeah i was a late late bloomer you know i wasn't racing quarter midgets or doing any of that and then you know at that time you know i'm getting ready to graduate from high school my dad's like you know if you really want to do this, I can help you for four years or you can go to college. And obviously I was, you know, I'm going to be a race car driver. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to go racing. So my dad gave me four really good years and whatever I needed, we went and raced. Uh, We did run the all-stars for a season. That was my last year with my dad and we ran third in the points. And, and thank, thankfully that year running third, it just got enough interest to where Tim Engler, I got to drive Tim Engler's car at the end of the season for like three races. And then I ended up getting the Tim Hughes wheel and axle ride and, and full time. And, um, so, you know, my dad was, that was the way it was, you know, it wasn't him carrying on and paying my way through, through my racing career. It was, I'll help you for four years and then you're on your own. And that's the way it was for me. <laughs> then you better um, have it figured out from there. Better have it figured out. And thank God that, uh, you know, I, I sparked enough interest in, in car owners, and Tim Engler was was the one that that definitely 
saw it first. Um, he ended up hiring Ricky Hood instead of me, which obviously at the time Ricky Hood was pretty much a badass. So I would have hired Ricky Hood too. So Ricky Hood drove for Tim the following year, and then I got the ride with Tim Hughes. Um, and then what I ran, I ran that year with the All Stars, ran third in the points. Um, and then, uh, and then I can't remember what happened out of that. You know, then I think I got the ride with, uh, Art Went after that, which, which in that ride, I, I won my very first, um, outlaw race. And then we also won like 19 all-star races that season, which is still the record with the all-stars today on wins for a year. And well, that's cool. That's, and that's amazing. So, yeah. So, I mean, really you're thinking about this. I mean, like four years with my dad and then boom, you, you know, you got two years. So there's six years. And then I get my first outlaw ride, full-time outlaw ride. Dennis Roth calls me and wants me to drive for him full-time. And man, I just got, you know, just got my ass handed to me. You know, I was <laughs> young and dumb. I was not prepared for that. Like I said, I mean, you're, you're seven years into your career and yeah. you're running the outlaws full-time. Um, I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready to take that on i wasn't ready for steve kinzer and sammy i thought i was you know i won an outlaw race and, and i won 19 all-star races you know i thought i was i could do anything i wanted but um i i actually went back and raced the all-stars again for another season and then uh had a couple seasons where we just ran wherever and then finally in 2000 is when i got back on the outlaw scene i was there for 17 years straight so wow. um <clears throat> and then and then like i said after 2016 i lost my ride and it just seemed like like the rides were getting so hard to get and you needed to bring something to the table b- besides your helmet your seat and i just felt like you know it wasn't wasn't worth it for me i, I look back on my career so much i wish i could have done and i felt like i had the opportunities but i just you know it just wasn't meant to be um but once you, you know, once you grasp the idea that this is what you did and it's, you know, it's the best I could have done. I mean, I, I feel very satisfied with what I accomplished in, in my career. Um, you know, you always want to do more, but I think we're like sixth or seventh in outlaw wins and third in all-star wins. So uh, won a lot of big races in Australia and the United States. So, um pretty happy pretty happy with what we did but like i said you always could have done more i wish i could have done more just wasn't meant to be well when you when you want to do more that's it's what makes you better from year to year if if you're content with two wins a year you're not going to push yourself at all either oh totally and and then for me i mean uh your guy from up there donnie shots you know me and him kind of started at the same time and just man my nemesis my whole career i think i I ran i ran second to him at the knoxville nationals four times you know where what could have been yeah if donnie wasn't there you know i could have a four-time knoxville nationals donnie could have got a flat or something (laughs) yeah i mean anything just you know and just situations like that i mean i know I've won 105 outlaw races but i probably want to ran second to him 100 times you know what i mean like my career it's Donnie has definitely made me appreciate every win I got. And he's been really, really tough competitor. 
And then not only that, but I mean, we, I got to start with like Wolfgang and Steve Kinzer and Sammy Swindell and Jack, you know, I got to race with some pretty badass guys. The big four is they've been referred to. And they they definitely made me better. And, and, um, and I, you know, there's not many guys that have even won a hundred outlaw races. So to do what we've done, I'm, I'm extremely proud of that. Um, and just, just you know, I, I I was injured really bad a few times. Which both times I was injured, I was leading the points and won the most races. But you know, I didn't I didn't end up winning the yeah. points, or, or you know. And then I also missed the Knoxville Nationals. Probably one of the best opportunities I ever had was one of the years I was leading the points and winning races, and I didn't get to go. So, um, you know, just injuries probably hurt me a lot in, in the final standings and doing more than what I could have, but, um, just, just, it happens to some people and it, well, yeah. and it could have always been worse. Yeah. So luckily I'm here today. Yeah. Yep. You're here today. You're moving around. You got a job. And I, uh, I, I thought I read somewhere that on a Friday or Saturday night, you got hurt you had to do something where you had screws put in somewhere. It didn't say where, but you had a plate and like 11 screws or something put in. And then Friday night you raced and you won. Yeah, actually that's, that was one of the years. Um, we, you know, I was when I was driving for Canes, uh, it was a Budweiser year. We were really, really well in 09. We were really, really good. We won like 20 some races that year. Um, yeah, you know, we, by the we, way, we were, by the way, yeah. you're one of only six people to win 20 races in a year in the world of outlaws, and you're right. It's 2009 with Casey Kane's car. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we were definitely, we were hitting our stride, doing everything right, and then 2010 came along, and we were winning, and, you know, the season was fairly early to where I couldn't afford to miss a race. I ended up crashing at Bulls Gap. Uh, they had to put a plate in my hand and 10 screws, uh, fuse a bone in my wrist and went out the next night. I didn't win the next night. I ran second to Jack Hodenshield, but I won the next night after that. So the Friday night I ran second to Hod at, uh, Paducah. And then, then the Saturday at Peavley, Missouri, we won. Um, and I can remember, I mean, they told me, dude, you can't race for six weeks. Uh, you're, you're out. Like, you're not, you're done. And I'm like, I have to race. And uh, I remember my stitches. I remember just the pain. Um, oh, but at the, at the end of the day, it was worth it. I mean, I ended up, if I wouldn't have done it, it would have took me out of contention. And then and then we, we were right there all year leading the points and then come down to four crown. I get in a bad crash at the start with Sammy Swindell and I have to be lifeline to, to, uh, the hospital. And that pretty much killed my, my points that year. So, I mean, we worked so hard to get through that injury just to get knocked out at Eldora. At so, the end. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, just a tough, just that a, was a tough year. A but, shitty run of luck that year. Yeah. yeah yes, it was. <laughs> yes, I can't imagine was. with that plate and the pins and going out the following two nights the pain like you said uh, because the racetracks you know typically you know they're not like you're driving down the highway they're a little rougher yeah i mean paducah paducah actually wasn't bad but peevely can be pretty intense and uh and it, it was tough but like i said i mean it, it worked out at the end the guys gave me they obviously gave me a good car to where i could do that you know yep. you're basically racing with one hand 
So, um, you know, it's just, it's just, just when you look back, things like that really, I'm really proud of that. You know, them things, you don't see many people that would probably do that. Um, like in 2011, I got hurt really, really bad at Eldora. Um, when I finally got the all clear, it was like 30 races later, we won the first night back out and then won again at Eldora for four crown that, that right there probably was probably my two most gratifying wins that I probably had my whole career because I was told I was probably done racing. I shouldn't come back racing. If I did come back racing, I'd be a year, maybe two years out. And we missed, I think we missed three months, 30 races and we went our first night back. So and then and to go back. I got hurt. And when I time I got hurt, I was leading the points then too. So, I mean, it's just, it's just tough, you know. That it just looking back on them situations, my racing career was just that was tough. It's it's hard to look back on that. What would have, could have, should have yeah. been, but just wasn't meant to be. Well, but, to, to get hurt that bad at Eldora and then come back and win the next time you're there says a lot for you too. Just for your mental toughness, you could say that you can put that behind you and go out on that track because that's a high speed track. That Eldora yes, is. And, and that's kind of why I mentioned my son earlier, breaking his back, going through what he went through. I mean, he's just a kid trying to have fun, and yep. this is a hobby, you know. Yep. This isn't isn't his job or his profession. You know, that, that was my job. You know, you have to figure out how to put it behind you, and I think that hurts a lot of drivers when they do get hurt, you know, just getting back to that level where they need to be. And it's hard to put that in the back of your head that, hey, I need to race this car as hard as i can and realize that you know something bad could happen but you can't focus on that or you'll never do the job you need to do so yep. Yep. um but a, yeah yeah a typical sunday night we go sit at husich you know 98 percent of the guys there that's that's their hobby you could say and they're gonna have to go to work on monday right i mean and so it's hard for them to really give the car 110 percent because they can't afford that. You know, they, yep. they can't afford to fix it, but they also can't afford not to go to work on Monday. Yep. You know, they, and that's their livelihood. And, um, and, 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 the, you know, that's why the outlaws or the all-stars or who they are. It's neat to see guys that their job is to get the full potential out of their car and themselves. And that's why the racing is so extraordinary it's because it's a diff, just a different mentality behind the wheel and how they race. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, real quick. So from what I have, it says that you race for Casey Kane, you raced, uh, for modern motorsports, Roth, uh, Stenhouse Jr. and Woods racing, um, a little bit with Rudine. Um, is that, is that basically it? And which, which one of them did you like the best? Um, well, I, I, I ran my own car. I had my own family car. We ran ran the outlaws for three years and then i drove for larry woodward the volcano joe's coffee car i ran it for a couple of years um and then once i got out of the volcano, volcano joe's car i drove for casey kane for seven years and then it was modern for three years and then i got to drive for roth again i drove for roth in 16 2001 and 96 my rookie season so um but out of all them guys looking back, I mean, obviously Casey Kane, I had the most most success. Yep, your longest and, run. Um, and and we had the you know we had the funding and the crew and everything it takes to be competitive. 
and we did everything right. We just, I just got hurt too much. And ultimately I think that was kind of the, what hurt me and maybe being there for any longer than I was, you know, everything's in place and then I would get hurt, you know, everything we're, no, we're doing good. And then I would get hurt. And I think, um, looking back, that could have been some of the reason why I, I got let go there was just, you know, as a team, they got pressure from sponsors. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they got to do what they got to do. And and then luckily, like Modder, and we did good. You know, everything we've, you know, things just fell into place. But obviously, Casey probably was the best team opportunity-wise I got to drive for. But everybody, from Dennis Roth to Dan Modder to Larry Woodward to Matt Wood to Kevin Rudin to Steve Mox to Art Went. um, Tim Engler gave me my first shot. I mean, um, yeah, just guys spent a lot of money for me to sit behind the wheel and drive their cars. And, and, um, just, they, they, they were all, everybody's been good to me. And I think that was the cool part with Dennis Roth. I got to go out to California and celebrate Dennis's hall of fame and the, the Roth classic out at Tulare. And, you know, I didn't get to drive for Dennis for three consecutive years, but nope. I did get to drive for Dennis for three years. And to me, that says a lot about, you know, yeah, he fired me, but yet he rehired me. Yep. And I didn't burn any bridge there. And it was neat to say that, you know, I did get to drive for him. He hired me back twice. I mean, yeah, we, he, he let me go, but that's kind of Dennis's Roth, Dennis Ross, yeah. you know. Dennis kind goes of through a lot of drivers. Right. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's, how you ended that relationship luckily got me back in the seat for two more years. And, yep. and it, you know, I wish I could have raced for Dennis longer or consecutive, but it's, it, if you look at the way they, they do things, it's usually not the case. So, yeah. well, um, you ran seven years with Casey. That's a, that's a long tenure. Yes, you could say yes. even today. I mean, a lot of them don't stay with the same team that long. Yeah, I feel like like I feel like Darren Pittman replaced me in the nine and did an extremely good job. Won on the championship and won races. Yep. And even he didn't race for them for seven years. Nope. You know, he was only there for six years. So I mean, um, I think besides Brad Sweet uh, or Donnie Schatz, I yep. probably had the next longest tenure as a you know a higher driver. Um, obviously, you know, uh, yeah, Shields Shields coming and. Uh, well, obviously, Shark with Logan Shuhart and Jacob Allen, um, the way they they're they're mold and how they're doing things, working better and better every year. But look, they you know it's the longer you stay together, the usually the more successful yep. you are, yep. and, you and keep, that's what you're seeing. Keep the whole team together. Keep the crew, yes. the crew chief. Definitely. Everything gets to gelling better. So, yeah. All right, we're gonna take one quick break, and we just have some rapid fire questions for you left here. So it'll be pretty quick yep. here. All right. All righty like to thank Octane Inc. from T, South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, they also do coolers and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, you name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact 
them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with. All right, we're back at Hoagie's Garage. Well, I did something a little bit different. I went to Hoseheads and I went to a forum and I said, if you could ask Joey Saldana any question, what would you ask him? And I had a few guys respond, so we're going to ask those. So, Joey, of, of all the car, cars that you drove, what paint scheme did you like the best? Wow. <laughs> Honestly, I would have to say the coolest paint scheme, I feel, was the Red Bull car. Okay. I thought that yep. was pretty pretty unique and cool, and it definitely stood out. Like, everybody knew that was Red Bull. You know, it was just, that was cool. And it was an honor to drive that car. So, Red Bull. Okay. And another question was, what was the best chassis and engine or combination of both? Which one did you have a preference that mm. you liked? Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, probably the best combination was, at Canes, we they were really big into building their own cars or having their designs. And then in 2009, when we hired Craig Delansky, KKR hired Craig to be a teammate. Me and him were teammates. We ended up switching to Maxim. And that right there was the best situation for me and KKR. I mean, KKR is Maxim now, but the Maxim car with the Mopar engine definitely was something that suited my style and we did really well won a lot of races with the dodge and uh, the maxim chassis so maxim and, and the and the dodge power was my favorite all right next one is if if uh you could go back in time to race one more time in the went 77 or the mox motorsport 17 when and where would you go <laughs> Uh, these are tough questions well, if i could get back in Artwin's car it'd be it'd be i-96 michigan and that's where i won my very first outlaw race in their car that race um just to go back and appreciate it at the time i didn't really realize what i was doing you know i didn't realize i just beat the world of outlaws you know some kid and i wish i could go back at that moment and just appreciate it a little bit more and take it all in and in uh, Mox's car, the 17 car, um, we won an outlaw race at Eldora. And, you know, Mox, you know, he, no, you don't see local guys winning outlaw races at Eldora. And it was just cool for him. And that would have been a nice time to go back and just appreciate what we did as a team and to go under and to beat the outlaws, especially at Eldora. It's it's funny that you said go back to Michigan because that was like the next question. Ask him about his first outlaw win at in the Went 77 in Michigan. So yeah. I already did that, but that's really cool that that's what you said. Uh, if he was tasked with improving the current sprint car racing, Ooh. is there anything you would do to improve it? Glad you got that question. Um, well, you know what's funny? As a, I mean, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm old. I'm 50, but I hear these guys complain all the time about inverts, and you know, you got to start here, and guys have to start heads up, and this and that. I can remember in Modder's car, I set 36 quick times, and that was an invert World of Outlaw program. If I could have had 
36 quick times and been on the front row. Oh, yeah. Man, I mean, my whole racing, I could have probably won an extra 20 races blindfolded starting on the front row, you know? <laughs> so I feel like, you know, if you look at qualifying, like Mark Kinzer and myself that qualified really well, man, what could have been if we could have had a heads up program so sure. i feel like they need to invert cars more and make you have to earn it and yeah. I, I i think it's still hard and i get that but and i can remember starting with the yellows and it was invert six invert four there was very my my end of my career is when it was heads up you know i really never got to enjoy that part of quick times on the front row and and uh, I know I said a lot of quick times, so I know my my, my racing probably would have had a lot more W's. <laughs> you got that right. I, I, we had the dude on uh, quite a while back, but I think I remember the dude saying, you know, he remembers like inverting all the way back to like 16 up at Houston, oh, you know, and stuff like far. that. I, well, I can remember going to the Knoxville Nationals and the invert was 10. Or you go to the King's Royal and the invert was eight. Yep. And it's like guys would just have to pull these ballsy moves and get the pass done in the first lap, lap and a half. And and I can remember winning my heats at Eldora from sixth and eighth. I can remember winning my Knoxville heat race from tenth. You know, so it can be done. It's not easy. No, it's not. No. But when it's the biggest race or the this best paying races it shouldn't be easy so no um earn it so yeah i mean i I think and i and i do but one thing i will say i think the laps need to be more i think you need more you know 40 50 lappers and say the heat races need to be 12 laps or something because i definitely think the longer the races it kind of separates the good racers when the cars fall off and then they can make up for guys and get passes done at the end of the, you know, at the end of yep. the heat race to, to, to make it exciting. Yeah, you you give Donnie shots 50 laps, he's going to be oh, there most of the time. He's going to be there. Yep. Yep. And that's what I mean. If you inverted a heat race 10, but it's a 12-lap heat race, guys are going to make it. I mean, when it's when it's invert, you know, whatever, and it's only eight laps, yeah, anyone can sit up front in the front row and make it for eight laps. But the yep. last two four laps is when the cars really fall off and the drivers got to make it happen you bet that's all great right. information i like that oh all right now we'll get to easy ones joey <laughs> all right all right this is just yeah. our rapid fire that we kind of made up our own so okay they, they might be dumb who knows but uh what's your what's your favorite flavor of ice cream mint chocolate chip there you go that's more common than what i yep. would think yep uh, are you a cat or dog person dog do you have any hobbies now that you're done racing uh hobby uh, i drive a i drive a hopper trailer on the side for all the farmers i guess that's my hobby well, that go. works that works you said you were getting a new one made now you said in iowa here somewhere well, yeah i want to get a, a new uh, day cap built from a company there in iowa so if i gotta drive it i need to look cool going in the elevators there you go um how about a favorite movie wow favorite movie if you don't have one you can pass too braveheart braveheart that's a good one um how about snow or rain do you have a preference snow snow all righty um okay here's one we got from a from chris fizzle out in pa he likes this question if you were to be stranded on an island what album or genre of music would you have to take along? Oh, 
Jeez. Um, <laughs> Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Okay. Uh, where Where's your favorite place to go out to eat? Uh, man, I live in the country now. Uh, so I don't really know. I mean, we, we, we just go to these little hillbilly bars out here where we live. Um, so I really don't have any, any place. Sometimes them little bars got the best food. You know, honestly, I totally agree with you. They're the hidden gems of being in the country. There you go. That little vacation I was talking to you about, me and wife, we never stopped at a name restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. We found every little place we could go to. And and just so you know, where we're doing this, this, the the village of Lester is 250 people. So (laughs) (laughs) I live in North Salem, Indiana now. We're not much. We're about the same. That's good. That's good. Do you have a favorite holiday? Favorite holiday? Well, obviously Christmas. There you go. Um, what app on your phone do you use the most? Dude, I, I'm not really into apps. Uh, that ADT, works. ADT Security. I'm looking <laughs> at that all the time on my cameras. Keeping an eye on, on your rentals. Shop. No, no, no. At oh. my shop out in the country. Okay. Oh, there you go. Um, okay, then how, how many speeding tickets have you gotten over the years? Do you know? You know, I just had to do something for my CDL, so I think... I my last one was three years ago. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Now that I'm driving a truck, yeah, that's important. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Those yeah. aren't easy to get anymore either. No, no. What? Nope. Since we're talking about speed, what's what's the fastest you've ever driven on the highway? Oh shit! I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, well, that, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I don't know. I, I used to have a cross rocket when I was like 17 that I'm sure I exceeded the speed limit quite severely. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. Those thing probably ran 160. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, them cross rockets, they're dangerous if you ask oh, me. Yeah, it's the best thing I ever did was sell that thing. <laughs> um, what's your favorite drink? Uh, Coors Light. That works. And if... You had all the money in the world. Well, say you just won the Powerball and you won your $2 billion. Um, yeah. If you could own any car, vehicle, pickup, whatever, what, what was one vehicle you wish you could have? That I would go get? Yep. First thing, if I won that, first thing I'd do is order me a brand new 379 Peterbilt day cap. There you go. <laughs> That's That'll awesome. That would make grain hauling awful easy, wouldn't it? Hell yeah, it would. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Hey, Joey, we so appreciate you coming on. Um, is there anything else you want to mention before we let you go? No, I just I appreciate you guys even thinking of me. I mean, I, like I said, I'm just either building tanks or hauling grain. So I don't really, you know, I'm not out in the, in the public eye anymore. So it's cool to have you guys even interested in what I have to say. So if, if, if racers want to get a hold of you for the race, the, the tanks, they just look you up online, don't they? You know, I, I wish I could say that, but I don't even advertise. I uh, I, I kind of just word of mouth. I do a lot of stuff for the engine builders. Um, so most people, they either get my cell phone from somebody and then they give me a call, but I don't advertise at all. I I, I don't do anything. I just kind of build the part and let the part speak for itself. Awesome. That's a great way to do it. There you go. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yes, thank you, yeah, guys. Thanks, Joe. This right. is wonderful. Loved it. All right, man. See Take you guys. care. See ya. All right, bye. Co-op Energy, your tri-state supplier for all your energy needs. 
tires for cars, trucks, and tractors, and fuel like farm fuel, gas, and propane to heat your house and all your livestock barns. Co-op Energy even supplies the propane for the propane pusher. Co-op Energy has several convenient stores in towns located near your local tracks. Stop in before the race to get your gas, snacks, and beer. If interested in doing business with CEC, give Randy a call, 712-400-8216. One more time, 712-400-8216 to set up an account, or you can visit our website at www.coopenergyco.com to find a location near your favorite track. Some of those locations are Wildcat Junction in Larchwood, Jackrabbit Junction in Sibley, in Worthington, the Interstate Sea Store, or the Blue Line Truck Stop. In Lakefield, it's Junction 86, and in Milford, Boji Junction. Stop by and see what they have for you. Hoagie's Garage, Tobe. Hey, that was as much fun as I said it was going to be. Joey was good, you know, and I'm glad that we reached out to him. Oh, absolutely. You know, he had said that, you know, he doesn't even really remember his last interview. No. You know, so, I mean, he really has kind of dropped off. He's still involved still with racing, involved in racing with, with the oil tanks, tanks yep. and stuff. The sump tanks. Um, and it's really cool that he doesn't have to even advertise that. No. no you know, just... they know that he makes the best. Yep. So people just keep reaching out to him. Yep. You know, they ask, and, somebody asks about their dry sump tank, and he gives they give him his number, and, and he's selling some tanks. The injuries, Great for him. The injuries he had, and driving oh, through the injuries. I he, mean, he, that was pretty good to hear he too. Got, he got banged up quite a little at the wrong times. Yeah. You know, it's cost him how you know, like we were saying, you know, he's running second, third in the points, leading the points. Them injuries just knock you out of it. Think of think what his numbers would have been. Yeah. Without all that. So. And I read one somewhere he had so many blowout tires, too. Oh. I don't remember where I read that. But he had a lot of right rear damage. So, but, yeah. But, yeah, geez. great interview. That was a lot of fun. It was. That it, was a good one, bud. You did good on that one. Yeah, I, every once in a while I do okay. Yeah, I'll give you credit for this one. <laughs> all right. Well, actually, I gave you credit for all of them because I don't line up any of them. I, I've gotten some numbers for you over the years in the pits, but... Tobe, you, you, you do all out. the legwork. Yeah, absolutely. I just talk. All right. That's what that's what we're both good at. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's what we had for Joey. Hope you folks enjoyed it.